you are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into today's show. Locked On SEC, Alabama wins the national championship 52-24. to We'll have full reaction. Nick Saban passes the great Bear Bryant with his seventh national championship, the most of all time. And we'll uh, kind of do a dual broadcast with our buddies over the Big Ten. Ben Stevens, host of Locked on Big Ten, as well as uh, Jay Stevens, host of Locked on Buckeyes. And we're going to discuss it all, what happened last night in the national championship. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. Nick Saban makes history, becoming the first college coach to win seven national championships, six of them at Alabama, the other at LSU. The 69-year-old head coach is the most dominant college coach ever, constantly assembling number one recruiting classes, constantly putting together champion caliber coaching staffs, and always having his team ready to play. How much longer will the man who turns 70 later this year want to coach? That will be a question that we'll debate throughout this offseason and probably for the next couple years because it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. But Mac Jones, phenomenal performance by him, 464 yards passing, a college football playoff record, five touchdowns, no INTs. Devontae Smith, equally as impressive, the Heisman winner, Backs it up, 12 catches, 215 yards, three touchdowns, and he barely played uh, in the second half. Jalen Waddell, he got into the game, played a little bit, uh, coming back from that injury suffered weeks ago. And even at the end of the game, Landon Dickerson got a chance to snap on the kneel downs to at least get into the game. Alabama held Ohio State to just seven points in the second half. Let's jump right into it, our post-game reaction with our buddies Ben Steven from Locked on Big Ten and Jay Stevens, host of Locked on Buckeyes. And I believe we are live here on the Locked on College Ball National Championship post-game reaction show live. I am Ben Stevens, the host of Locked on Big Ten, joined by the host of Locked on Buckeyes, Jay Stevens. And the happiest man in the room right now is the host of Locked on SEC, Chris Gordy, watching Alabama absolutely dominate in the national championship game over Ohio State, 52-24. to The Crimson Tide, the number one team since midway through November. They end the college football season on top of everybody else. Nick Saban's seventh national championship in his career. Guys, great to have you here recapping a national championship game. At least we made it for Big Ten fans to the end of the college football season. And for Chris, a SEC champion to end off this 2020 crazy college football season. Yeah, I mean, go figure, right? Another college football season, the SEC, another title. I mean, these things tend to happen uh, pretty often here. So uh, we're used to it. Obviously, Alabama has gotten a big majority of them in recent years. LSU uh, was actually where I went to school. We were fortunate enough to to win it last year. But, yeah, I I was, um, to say the least, I was a little disappointed Ohio State didn't show better tonight uh you know i'm sure you guys will hit on that angle but from a an an alabama angle i mean my goodness this was a complete team it was interesting you know by comparison speaking of lsu you know a year ago this week they win the national championship and what happened after that lsu loses everything their their coordinator defense coordinator dave aranda leaves their passing game coordinator joe brady leaves for the nfl they lose all these guys you know set the record for most guys ever drafted 
Uh, you have all these guys opt out and, and or guys leave early. On the flip side, Alabama brought everybody back. I mean, Najee Harris, people were saying, could have been a back end of the first, early second in the draft last year. He comes back. Alex Leatherwood was a lock to be a first-rounder. He comes back. Uh, Christian Harris, Dylan Moses. I mean, all these dudes that could have left last year came back. And it was just it was a scary proposition when you looked at this Alabama team this offseason. You went, my God, they're loaded. And combine that with Steve Sarkeesian, who was a brilliant play caller this year, at Alabama, I got a buddy who's a big Longhorns fan. He said, man, can't wait for Sark to get there. I said, whoa, pump the brakes. I don't know if he's going to have the, the same talent at Texas that he just had at Alabama. But, I mean, even tonight, every play call, just wide receivers always open. Mac Jones never had to make a difficult throw. It was always just an easy throw. There's a guy open. Even just put it in space. Najee Harris is going to somehow find a way to grab it. And Devontae Smith is just a monster. I it's an interesting debate. Maybe we can get to it a little bit later, but guys who win the Heisman and how they perform in the, in the national championship, a lot of times guys don't back it up. I think back all the way to like 03 where Jason White won it for Oklahoma, got yeah. demolished by LSU in that in the championship. I mean, it feels like a lot of times the guy who wins the Heisman doesn't back it up, but Devontae Smith act, absolutely backed it up tonight and then some. Devontae Smith captivated all of the college football fans across the entire country and only did so in one half. He had 12 receptions for 215 yards and three touchdowns in those first 30 minutes. Didn't even play really in the second half after suffering an injury to his right hand, but still was the offensive star of the night. Jay, as we look at it from the Big Ten perspective, what went wrong for Ohio State this evening? A lot of what's gone wrong the entire season. There have been times where the secondary has looked okay, looked decent, but you saw tonight the soft coverage, the giving up a lot of space to five to eight yards off the line of scrimmage. Even you're having your second corner, seven banks, even sometimes the third, fourth, the fifth receiver receiving option for Alabama. You're you're bailing already before the line of scrimmage. It doesn't work out. And the scheme of the Buckeyes has really it's been exposed all year. But when you're playing a team like Alabama that has all these weapons and Mac Jones, like Chris said so well, He's not making difficult throws. He's just making all the simple reads before the snap of the ball a lot of times. This is what frustrated me during the game. Before the snap of the ball, you can sometimes tell who on Alabama is going to get the ball. It's kind of that easy. Now, I know I'm not on the field, but the coaches that up in the press box, they can see the same thing and start making adjustments during the game. The adjustments weren't made. And it's just when you don't make those adjustments – it's hard. Now, also for the Buckeyes, when you miss Tommy Togiai and Tyreek Smith on the defensive line, you noticed the pressure really wasn't there. Run game was okay, but Najee Harris was doing a lot better than what you, what you would, would, would expect. But the defense was on the field for so long. They get worn down, and really any type of comeback was really stalled because they're on the field the whole game. A reminder to everybody, wherever you are watching this live, whether it be through Periscope, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Twitch, if you want to engage with us, do so in the chat. We will take your questions and respond to how we all reacted to the national championship game, Alabama defeating Ohio State 52-24, to the Tide's third national title in the last six years. One thing that stood out to me tonight was some of the conservative play calling and decision-making 
out of Ohio State's Ryan Day. Punting early in that first quarter when it seemed like they needed to respond to Alabama scoring, deciding to kick the field goal that made it 21-17. And about five minutes later, Alabama went into the half up 35-17. to Did that shock you at all, Chris, as you were watching this game play out, the two masterminds on both sides between Ryan Day and Nick Saban for Alabama? Yeah, I mean, especially after, you know, Ryan Day was probably kicking himself after kicking field goals in the Fiesta Bowl last year. Uh, I think what we saw from this Alabama offense all year is you cannot, the minute you surrender and you settle for a field goal, they're answering with a touchdown. And it felt that way. I mean, I mean, it took, it it took a spectacular play to force the fumble on, um, on Mac Jones, get the ball back, go tie it up 14, 14. But it was like, it still felt like, all right, Ohio state's right there, but man, they got to do something more. They got to do something else. And so, you know, when it was 21-14, they go down and they have to settle for the field goal. I was like, oh, God, like, this is the killer because if Bama goes right down the field and scores a touchdown, which they did, uh, you know, it feels like it, it's out of reach already because you start thinking in your head, my God, like, are we going to be able to get enough stops? Like, I, you have enough faith in Justin Fields in the offense. Okay, maybe they can put together some scoring drives in the second half, but you have to get stops, and that's the, the been the toughest part uh, for teams playing this Alabama team this year. I mean, we – we saw it uh, earlier in the year that, that the defense wasn't playing well at times. You know, they gave up a ton of points to Ole Miss, but what did they do? They answered every time. Ole Miss's defense had no chance against this offense, slowing it down. Even the SEC title game, you know, Alabama put up a ton of points. Florida found a way to work their way back in the second half and, and score some points to kind of get it into it. But, again, the Alabama offense, all year long, nobody could slow it down or stop them, and – They showed that again tonight. Hey, guys, the college football season has come to an end, but we still got some big matchups in the NFL coming up this weekend. We got Tampa Bay at the Saints, the big one that I know a lot of us uh, across the SEC country are interested in. But a lot of games still left to bet on, and there was only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. That is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You will get a 50% welcome bonus. Again, tons of NFL games. They've got college basketball games. We're in the thick of that in the SEC. They've got games you can bet on just about every night across the SEC as well. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. And Jay, it seemed that in that Sugar Bowl against Clemson, Ryan Day called his best game of the year. Ohio State's offense, really the entire team, performed the best they had all season long. Something was different tonight. I think it goes back to that injury very early on. After the second play, Trey Sermon, the outstanding running back for the Buckeyes, leaving the game, he would not return. He actually left the field and had to be taken to a hospital. How big of an impact did losing Trey Sermon that early on have on Ohio State's offense? I think it was huge, but I don't think Fields mentally was was okay with what Alabama was throwing at him. Yeah, you don't have your running back. When you when Fields drops back the pass, he had a look in his eye against Clemson. He had a look tonight, the same look he had against Northwestern. 
That's the way I looked at the game. Now, granted, maybe it's because your running back wasn't there. The guy's been your bell cow that's been killing the past three games. But Trey Sermon went off against Northwestern. Trey Sermon was not there tonight. I don't know if it was so much Trey Sermon. I, I'm leaning more towards Justin Fields mentally not being there. But one thing about the play calling, it was really quick repetition, uh, quick reps, more of a tempo style, controlling the tempo quick or slow for the offense. Tonight, it was back to the old ways. Oh, get the line of scrimmage, just clap, not snap the ball, look to the sideline, then run the play. So much there is kind of confusing. And it just, I looked at Justin Fields' eyes, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. I think mentally, he just, something wasn't right. Maybe it was his body, I don't know, but something was not right with Fields. And even if we had a good running game, I don't know how much that would have that would have helped Fields at least move the ball down the field. So, Chris, as we take the perspective of the bigger picture here, Coach Nick Saban, yes, I call him Coach Nick Saban. I tweeted out quickly before we got on the show, Nick Saban looked as happy as he ever has in the postgame interview, and I quickly corrected myself to say Coach Saban. But now this is his seventh national title in his career. That is the most in college football history for a head coach. How do you put that into perspective, what Nick Saban means to all of college football in this moment for him tonight? Yeah, I mean, this solidifies he is the greatest coach of, of all time. And yeah, I think that's been tough for a lot of fans, a lot of Bama fans that have been obsessive over Bear Bryant and you know these people who would call on the Paul Feinbaum show, he'll never be the Bear, you know, that kind of stuff. But this solidifies him, man. I mean, he's a walking legend. You feel that way when you watch the NFL with Bill Belichick, and now it's that way with Nick Saban in college football officially. So... Um, my question is, how much longer is he going to do it? I mean, the guy's going to turn 70 later this year. It's like, you've done everything you could ever accomplish in a career, and he's not done yet. And, and that thing is, he's built such a machine there at Alabama that it recruits itself. You know, he, he doesn't even have to do much work. They're, they got the number one cl- recruiting class every freaking year. Uh, guys leave for the NFL. You got five stars right behind them. So, He's got a machine there, and it, and it kind of stinks because it feels like, you know, in this era, you know, unfortunately you could have some great teams. You know, this, Trevor Lawrence is leaving college having never won a Heisman and having only won one championship. I mean, it's it's crazy to think from that perspective. He's, you know, probably the, one of the greatest players, him and Deshaun Watson, two of the best greatest players in Clemson history. And, um you know, it just unfortunately, because of Nick Saban and because of Alabama, he's dominated so much the past decade at, at Alabama. So, no, it's um, – I think the, the, the topic today is he's the greatest college football coach of all time. The topic tomorrow will be we start to turn the page and – how much longer does he want to do this will be the question. And you know Coach Nick Saban already turning the page, getting ready to recruit as he does. He doesn't enjoy national championships all that much. He gets a good night's sleep, and then he's back on the recruiting trail as well. Jay, as you look at the Ohio State perspective for this game, after a crazy year in the Big Ten Conference when the Buckeyes fought to play after it was stopped and taken away from them, and then they got back on the field and some of the rules allowed Ohio State to even be in this position tonight. And Chris, I would love your thoughts on this as well. How do you remember this year for Ohio State if you're a Buckeye? fan it was special man it was a special year from Ben as you know the confusion back in August from a schedule to a cancellation to being in limbo and not knowing what's going to happen next to finding out you will have a season finding out when your first game will be finding out that oh we're going to play uh, two or three games in a row then cancellations happen you don't have the games and then all of a sudden 
you're playing every other week, it seems, even like the latter part of the latter part of the season. Michigan State, you don't play the Wolverines, Big Ten Championship, then the regularly scheduled by week or off week before the Sugar Bowl, then basically another off week there. So the season was just different, but the season was still special. It wasn't ended the way the Buckeye fans would like for it to have ended in any season. Championship for most fans. I know people out there that'll say, yeah, it's a good season. Yeah, it's a good thing that we're there. But you play to win every game you play. It's unfortunate the Buckeyes didn't win the championship. But as Chris talked about recruiting, as Ohio State fans still are very excited for Ryan Day, I don't want to look ahead too soon, but if you are a person that looks ahead, turns the page very quickly because of the beatdown that happened tonight, Ryan Day recruiting, things are going to be looking very, very well for them, just like they are for Alabama. A lot of big recruits. There's still more guys that'll be, that'll be committing verbally to Ohio State than, of course, signing the national letter of intent to be a Buckeye very soon. There's a lot of good things coming. Ryan Day is doing something special in Columbus, something that Nick Saban started in Tuscaloosa back in 2007. Ryan Day is trying to build up and make better what Urban Meyer made in Columbus back when he started there, I believe, in 2012. So things are bright. But the season, it did not end the way that many Buckeye fans would like for it to. Ryan Day is only 41 years old. Nick Saban hadn't even won a national championship at that stage of his career. So the future is still very bright for the head man in Columbus, Ohio. Chris, this is the first time we've really spoken across the Locked On Podcast Network's college channel. What did you make of everything going down in the Big Ten this year, allowing Ohio State to play in that Big Ten title game? Although I would say it's an arbitrary made-up rule for pandemic season, played in the middle of pandemic, whatever, I get over that. But what did you make of everything that happened during this Big Ten campaign to allow Ohio State to play in the national championship game this evening? Well, if you listen to a lot of our Texas A&M fans, they were saying <laughs> they shouldn't be in it. They don't deserve it. They'd only played six games. And so, you know, there's a lot of people saying that. But, um, no, look, I, I think in hindsight, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I think the big, you know, if I'm the Ohio State, I'm, I'm blaming the Big Ten and pointing fingers at them and saying, look, we're happy you guys finally came around, but – Look at the leadership of what Greg, Greg Sankey did at the SEC. He didn't throw his hands up in the air and said, it can't be done. He said, no, how can this be done safely? And, um, you know, sp- let's spend the money on the resources to test and find a way to make this season happen. And the SEC, I thought, did it right. They allowed them themselves some weeks to make up games throughout the course of the season, and they ended up using that. Uh, as we saw as the year went along, they had games that got postponed. They made them up. I think what only one or two games weren't played all year. So, I mean, they, they, they did it the right way. And I think if, if you're Ohio State, and I don't think Ohio State's to blame because, remember, they were the ones at the forefront. Them and Nebraska were out there saying, we want to play, let us play. Uh, Justin Fields is one of the kids signing the petition. We want to play, let us play. I think they should be pointing the finger at the Big Ten saying, hey, you guys made a big mistake here. And, you know, I think if you're an Ohio State fan, right, you know, the big argument was, oh, they're – they were more well-rested. That's why they beat Clemson and all this. I think the counter-argument, maybe if they played that game against Maryland, they were more battle-tested. Maybe yeah. if they played that game against Michigan, maybe they were more battle-tested for a game like this today. So, I, I don't know. We'll never know because the season went the way it did. But uh, from an outsider perspective, a lot of people, especially across the SEC, didn't think Ohio State belonged in the game tonight. And I'm sure some people probably, with how it played out, justified that opinion. 
Guys, we all have issues with our cars. We all have a go-to spot. We typically take our cars when we have some issues, and then there's sometimes you just have little minor issues that you need to get taken care of. Stop driving all the way across town to the uh, auto parts store where you don't really know what you're looking for. you got to walk up and down the aisles. got to try to find it. you got to buy it yourself. And let's be honest, a lot of times those people at those stores aren't even very helpful. Might I recommend our friends at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com. You can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered straight to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliable, reliably low and the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers like you and me. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And remember to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Just to add a little fuel to the fire there, the 52-24 final count was also the same score that Alabama crushed Texas A&M by earlier this college football season. In my mind, if Ohio State fans look back at this year, I think it should be with a smile on their face because of the fact of how vocal they were in the fight to get Big Ten football to be played, for Justin Fields to be the face of the We Want to Play movement, to end up in a national championship game, to have a shot at taking home the national title is a huge accomplishment for them. It should be a year not with an exception and an asterisk on their thing it should be an exclamation point to where they ended up this year let's give out some honors for tonight right I think we can all agree that Devontae Smith probably the offensive MVP but who was another guy that you were really impressed by in their performance tonight Jay we'll start with you it doesn't have to be an Ohio State guy it could be an Alabama guy if you want oh my put me on the spot Devontae Smith was kind of there um I will say this and I'll go with another offensive guy for Alabama Najee Harris a lot of tough runs, and it wasn't so much his runs. If you look at the stat sheet, look at it right now, 22 carries, 79 yards, 3.6 yards to pop. That doesn't pop out at you. But he had seven catches, I believe, in the game for 79 yards, one touchdown, 11.3 yards per reception. And his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and to scoot and to make people miss or to just run through defenders, that was very, very key. Because like Chris talked about earlier, Mac Jones didn't make very many difficult throws a lot of them went to Najee Harris and Devonta Smith during the game I tweeted out it was in the first half this is a three-man offense and I know there's more players there I mean John Mechie had eight catches uh Jalen Waddle had three catches off the bench I mean I get it there's more people to the offense but it's Mac Jones Najee Harris Devonta Smith you can't look at this offense I think Najee Harris is a bigger factor than a lot of people think because if he can't run the ball if he can't catch the ball it makes things a lot harder for Mac Jones to get the ball out to other people on the offense. But Najee Harris catching the ball out of the backfield, to me, was huge for Alabama tonight. Chris, are you going with somebody on the offensive side for the tie or maybe a defensive star that played a good game for Alabama? Yeah, I mean, uh, Christian Bar- Barmore played really well up front for uh, for Alabama. I know he got the late hit uh, late in the game, but he had a big tackle for a loss on a stop. Uh, I think it was on the fourth and two that stopped mm-hmm. Ohio mm-hmm. State. Yeah. but. Yeah. Um, I thought he played phenomenally. I'll, I'll just say this. One guy to keep an eye on moving forward, John Mechie. He was kind of the 
the number three guy, uh, you know, good part of the year, stepped up as kind of the number two guy after Jalen Waddle went out um, early in the year. But John Mechie, eight catches tonight, 81 yards. It won't be talked about at all, but this is kind of the tone setter for next year. He's going to be the guy with Devontae Smith gone and Jalen Waddle gone. So he'll be the next guy up, and we'll be talking about probably John Mechie as a Heisman candidate next year because he's going to be ridiculous and catching tons of passes. But he was the guy tonight. I mean, it felt like so often Ohio State's like, all right, third and six. We got a chance to get a stop. No, John Mechie, 10-yard catch, move the chains, first down. I was like, my gosh, like it, you just – they couldn't get off the field, and, and that was frustrating if you were an Ohio State fan. What did you guys make of Jalen Waddle's performance tonight? Do you think he should have even been out on the field? Didn't look like it. I mean, he was hobbling every time he was out there, so uh, finished three catches for 34 yards. But I saw a lot of former players and NFL players tweet out, hey, let that dude live. Whatever he wants, Whatever decision he wants to make, it's his decision to make. So, you know, I think the business side of us say – Hey, man, make a business decision. You're about to be in the NFL draft. You want to be 100% healthy. But then again, on the flip side, national championships don't come along very often, so you got a chance to play one. Go go get your uh, time. And I will say kudos to Alabama, too, getting Landon Dickerson there on the last two plays of the game. Again, they were just taking a knee, but a guy who suffered a, an injury a couple weeks ago that kept him out of the playoffs, it was cool to see him at least get in there for that. Yeah, I'm Jay. right there. Sorry, about, sorry, Ben. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to toss it to you. So you, you went right away. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with it, man. If I'm Jalen Waddle, I want to play. And I understand the, the professionals. I understand even people like us that are in the media that may want to have our own opinion. But if you're a competitor and competition is in you and you're playing in the national championship, I'm right. I mean, I get it. He wants to play. And you play. I mean, like Chris said so well, these don't come around every single year. Now, for Alabama and Ohio State, they come around more often than a lot of other programs in college football. But there are numerous players at both programs that never got a chance to play in a national championship. So if it comes around, I get it, man. Go out there and play. Do what you can. I do like that Alabama did not start him. I think that was smart on their part because they, put, they could have started him, put, put him out there on one side, Smith on the other. And I think it would have been a big, there would have been a bigger uproar especially from the broadcaster saying, whoa, what are y'all doing? First, we heard he might play 15 plays. Now he's going to play 60 or 65. That's a big ask of someone that had an injury in October. I like that he played. I understand the pros. I understand the business decision. But something like this, man, if I'm him, I'm wanting to play as well. And they kind of controlled him, the competitor, so he didn't get outside of himself. Let's end this locked on college football national championship postgame live, stoking the fire a little bit as we head into the 2021 college football season. Alabama dominant tonight. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame have claimed 22 of the potential 28 spots in the seven year history of the college football playoff. Do you guys want to see an expanded format as we move forward? And do you think the format we're in currently is hurting the sport on a national level? Uh, I'll start. I mean, I, I I think we all would like to see an expanded playoff, but I'll just caution and say, you know, what was your favorite part of the Alabama-Notre Dame playoff game? You know, I mean, it, it, it personally, it wasn't that competitive, and that was the four seed. You know, there was all this debate on who should be, you know, or, you know who should be in, who should be out. So I just, uh, 
part of me kind of says, are we going to water down the product if we put, uh, you know, more teams in? Obviously, Cincinnati versus Georgia was a fantastic Chick-fil-A bowl. You know, that could have easily been a playoff a playoff type game. Uh, Coastal Carolina would have loved to have seen them get a chance against a big dog and see what they could do. But I don't know. Uh, I think we're good. The point I'm making is we're going to see an expanded playoff, whether you like it or not. It's going to come once this current contract ends. But uh, I just wonder, is it worth it? Are there going to be eight teams every year worthy of playing for a championship? And by the way, footnote, don't do the conference championship BS. Like people keep people keep saying, oh, let's take the conference champion from the Big Ten, the conference champion from the Pac-12. No, because a lot of years the SEC has two teams worthy. Or the ACC, like this year, Clemson Notre Dame has two teams worthy. Or the Big Ten might have two teams worthy. You can't put up a wall against that. Sometimes two of the best teams in the country come from the same conference. It happens. But you can't do this thing where let's reward the Pac-12. No, Pac-12, sorry. If you suck, you don't get a team in. That's that's how this works. This year, that Pac-12 champion would have been a 4-2 and two Oregon team that shouldn't even have played in the conference championship game. As our guy B. Bean is commenting here, since 2006, the SEC has won 11 of 15 national title games. That's about a 73% clip. So he is saying, do not expand the playoff. It would just mean more blowouts. Jay Stevens, we end with your thoughts here on the Locked On College Football post-game live show for the national championship reaction. I am not for expansion. Uh, I haven't been before. I actually was not a fan of the playoff once it first started. And as it keeps going on, I have been a bigger uh, advocate to not have the playoff and to go back to some form of the old system. Now, I understand people don't like the BCS polling. People don't like the human polling. You can't make people happy. But I'm not a fan of uh, expansion because I think what you're going to find is it's going to be just even more blowouts. It's going to be even more lopsided games. Uh, matchups that may seem okay on paper, but on the field is completely different. Um, I think expansion, you're going to keep finding the same thing. The same schools will be in the top of recruiting. The same schools will be in the playoff at the top four. The same schools will be actually there trying to compete for a national championship. One, they're top in recruiting because they also have an elite coach. There's a reason why five through eight circulate every year and one through four normally do not. That's part of the reason why I'm not a fan of, of expansion. Um, but like Chris said, it's inevitable. Uh, part of the reason is not just because people are wanting it. The money is going to be too big. And whatever network, ESPN or Fox, or if they have some split type of thing where both networks get the broadcast games, the money is going to be too big to not expand the playoff. But I'm not, not an advocate of it. And I don't know if you can do anything to change my mind within the next six months to get me to be uh, for expansion. As Jay said right there, college football fans can't agree on a lot. I think one thing we can agree on, Alabama was clearly the best team in college football this year as the Crimson Tide win their third oh, yeah. national title in the past six years, defeating Ohio State in dominant fashion, 52-24. to 24. Nick Saban now the winningest head coach when it comes to national championships in college football history, taking a step past the Bear and Bear Bryant. Nick Saban winning his seventh national title in his career tonight. Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC, Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes. I am Ben Stevens of Locked On Big Ten. This has been the Locked On College Football National Championship post-game live reaction show. Gentlemen, glad to have you about both here and to end the college football season talking to you both. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. More fallout and reaction to the national championship. We'll discuss, was this the greatest Alabama, Alabama football team of all time? Was this one of the greatest college football teams of all time, period? 
We'll get into that. We'll have some guests throughout the week as well. Keep it locked right here to Locked on SEC.